0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 945 and we're looking at Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Let's read our passage. He left there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these things, they said? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? And how are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us?" So they were offended by him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his home town, among his relatives, and in his household. He was not able to do a miracle there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was going around the villages teaching. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began his Gospel with Jesus traveling through Galilee, teaching and healing. Mark gave us some responses to Jesus, responses of amazement at the authority of his teaching, of. His ability to heal and cast out demons, but also negative responses, primarily from the religious leaders. He wasn't doing things appropriately. He wasn't following the rules the way they thought he should be. Then he went through a series of parables, the parables teaching truth, veiling truth from those who are opposed to truth, causing those who weren't so sure about it to think about it before they made a decision. And for those who are open, willing to embrace the truth. The parables revealed truth. Then he had a series of miracles. Calmed the storm. Showed his authority over nature. He dealt with the demon-possessed man on the east side of the lake. Showed his authority in the spiritual realm. His authority over evil. He healed the woman who had been bleeding for twelve years. Showed his authority over sickness. And then he raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead. It shows his authority over death. Now we're in chapter 6. We pick it up in chapter 6, verse 1. He left there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. So it comes to his hometown, and obviously it's Nazareth. We've, we've seen and will see references to Nazareth as Jesus' hometown. In Mark 1, 9, said he left Nazareth to go get baptized. He was called Jesus of Nazareth chapter 1, verse 24, chapter 10, verse 47, chapter 16, verse 6. So he's identified publicly as Jesus of Nazareth. Then in 1467, he'll be called the Nazarene. So there's plenty of evidence that he is from Nazareth. So when Mark says he went to his hometown, he went to Nazareth and his disciples followed them. This isn't a personal visit. It seems that he's there as part of his ministry, traveling through Galilee, teaching and healing. Verse 2. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. We've seen this before. He arrives in a synagogue, and the synagogue ruler invites him to teach. So here he is in his home synagogue, and the people here are astonished they okay they should be but then what they say where did this man get these things they said now question here is where did all this come from he's not a trained rabbi he hasn't been trained by the rabbis he hasn't have any credentials yet all this teaching and these healings where where did this come from And you got to wonder if maybe the scribes from Jerusalem are right. They're the ones that came and said, he is demon-possessed. It's by the power of Satan that he does these things. Then they say, what is this wisdom that has been given to him? And how are these miracles performed by his hands? he, He doesn't have any credentials. He doesn't have any pedigree to this. How is he doing these things? verse 3. Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are his sisters here with us? And it says, isn't this the carpenter? Parallel passage in Matthew says, son of the carpenter. And that's where we recognize that Joseph is a carpenter. So maybe it only stands to reason Jesus would be a carpenter too. Now the word doesn't exactly translate as carpenter. Really, it's more a general term for just a craftsman. But tradition, the early church said Jesus was a carpenter, and that's why he gets translated as carpenter. It can be translated as stonemason, builder, any kind of skilled craftsman. So it's a, a general term for craftsman. But it gets translated as carpenter just because of the early tradition associated with carpenter, and son of Mary. You normally would say son of Joseph. So that's kind of an insult to say son of Mary. And perhaps there's been rumors his whole life of, you know, he really was an illegitimate child. So there's there's a lot of negative comments here. Brother James Joseph Judas. Now, by the time this gospel be written, James and Mary will be well-known people. Their whole point here is, Jesus is a normal person. He was here. He grew up here. He's like us. He's like his family. His family's nothing special. Why should he be special? Then the end of verse 3. So they were offended by him. He didn't meet their expectations. This is a real challenge. The question is, why did Jesus do the miracles? Well, One, because of his compassion for people who were in bad situations, but primarily the whole purpose of the miracles was to authenticate his message. So here they're rejecting his message because he didn't have the credentials to present a message like that. And we know who he is and we know where he came from. He can't be doing these sort of things. So they're allowing their own opinions to drive their understanding of reality. They're basically denying reality because they can't reject their own expectations, their own opinions. That's a challenge for all of us. Do we allow God to change our opinions or do we reject what God is doing or what God has said because of our opinions? Too often we read the Bible, we reject what it plainly says just because that doesn't match what I think it's should say, or what I've been taught my whole life. We need to allow God to form our opinions versus accept or reject God based on whether it matches our opinions. This is tragic. These people are rejecting the son of God, the savior, the Messiah, because he didn't have the right pedigree. We saw him grow up. He can't do this. Who's Jesus think he is? How dare he raise people from the dead? Verse 4. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his household. This is a common proverb. This isn't biblical. This would have been known by and large. Penny saves, a penny earned kind of thing. It's, it's just a common proverb. Verse 5. He was not able to do a miracle there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. There's a couple ways to take this. He was not able to do a miracle there, meaning he lacked the ability to do a miracle. And I don't think that really fits. I think it's better to understand this is his actions were not appropriate for the circumstances. That's where I come by an encounter and say, well, I couldn't really say anything because that would have hurt some feelings. Now, could I have said that I have the ability to say something? Absolutely! But the circumstances dictated that I not do it. And I think that's the way to understand this. It's not that he lacked the ability, but the circumstances dictated that he not do it. But he did heal a few people just out of compassion. Verse 6, and he was amazed at their unbelief. He was going around the villages teaching. This is how he was introduced to us. He would travel throughout Galilee teaching and healing. So he's continuing in this ministry. Notice he's amazed at their unbelief. I guess see him walking out of there saying, wow, can you believe their inability to see plainly what's going on? We've seen this several places, the religious leaders. They reject what God is obviously doing in their face and saying to oh, us, that's got to be demonic. Here are the people from Jesus' hometown. We know who Jesus is. Therefore, we cannot accept the obvious reality of what God is doing right here in front of us. Now, this is the last reference in Mark to Jesus' teaching in synagogues. The synagogues have now become a place of rejection. So much of the teaching from now on will take place in homes and the rest of it in public places. So here we have the rejection in Nazareth. His hometown fails to see what God has done. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Mark.